Welcome to the Crossing Thin Ice podcast from Actuarial Risk Management. I'm Dave Ingram, and as always, I'm joined by Max Rudolph. Together, we bring risk management insights to help you with your everyday job of crossing the thin ice of your business environment. Today, Max is going to talk to us about how we might think about scenarios that test an insurer against moderately adverse conditions as we approach cash flow testing of interest-sensitive businesses. Let's get started. We've generally used a continuation of the current environment as our base assumption, but now with the encouragement of the New York DFS, that's being treated as a worse than moderately adverse scenario. Insurers need to develop a robust set of stress tests to test reserve adequacy that include continuation of current conditions and a variety of variations in experience, not and, and not just for interest rates. Uh, as interest rates have fallen, the term moderately adverse conditions, or MAC, has become a hot button surrounding asset adequacy testing for life insurers. For 2020 filings, the New York Department of Financial Services, or DFS, provided a safe harbor replacement that grades the yield curve to a higher level than current rates for the level scenario and told insurers they would need to pass it. This implied that the level scenario for 2020 could be considered beyond moderately adverse. Rates rose during 2021 enough to negate the safe harbor scenario, but passing level and down scenarios remain a challenge for many insurers. In the American Academy of Actuaries Regulatory ALM Survey from 2020, respondents were split about whether the baseline level scenario was beyond moderately adverse, and no standard convention has emerged since then. When you ask most actuaries, they focus on the level of interest rates not being likely to remain so low for the entire testing period. While economists could debate the New York approach and the actuary's perspective, the focus of this podcast is how actuaries could use their internal models to add value at their firm by better understanding the risks and rewards specific to their block of business. The simple Reg 126 interest rate scenarios designed 30 years ago need to be expanded or replaced. The NEIC could require companies to allow negative rates at levels recently seen elsewhere in the world. A climate change scenario could incorporate lower economic growth rates, aging demographics, and low fertility rates. Forced immigration and its ramifications due to heat and sea level rise will be key considerations in that narrative. This is how the ORSA regulations could be useful. Liquidity and defaults should be stressed either using a moving scale or applied as an instant recession button, meaning what happens if we have a recession on the first day of a scenario. Actuaries and other modelers need to up our game and test scenarios beyond interest rates. We act as economists at our firms, but only have only a course or two from college and six months of study during our credentialing process. Taking a broader approach will be more useful for strategic planning purposes. What methodologies would add value to the insurer? Stochastic scenarios can be useful, but let's focus on narrative-based deterministic scenarios that improve decision-making. What story do you want to tell your CEO or board? Let's start with interest rates and then expand the discussion. In a paper written by the Society of Actuaries in 2015, a model office was built and six interest rate scenarios designed to tell a story. For example, if a down scenario is bad for a block of business, you don't need to run multiple scenarios to show that. 
pick scenarios that provide nuance to the story. The shapes generate a much easier discussion with senior management or a board that may not have a strong modeling or mathematics background. You could change multiple assumptions at the same time to simulate a cluster of risk events occurring. Creating a narrative constructs a scenario that ties together many features. One economic growth scenario set, uh, termed the Hillebrand Clausen from 2015, looked at energy prices, either low or high, economic growth, either weak or strong, and geopolitics, either global harmony or disharmony, to create eight scenarios with probabilities attached. You need to create a picture that helps senior management make decisions. For interest rate scenarios in today's low environment, for going concern business, these scenarios might make sense. First would be a pop down 3% with no floors, so rates can go negative in all scenarios. Then a level, pop up 3%, add additional pop up scenarios until you have hit a maximum value, perhaps up 1%, 3%, or 5%. And finally, create at least one scenario with the value lower than the base. Other assumptions can also be tested. Examples might include single-year scenarios that test liquidity as well as solvency. Uh, Ernest Hemingway had it right in The Sun Also Rises, where he says, how did you go bankrupt? Gradually, then suddenly. Other scenarios would include equities down 50%, mortality or morbidity higher by 1%, asset defaults double, or your top reinsurer is unable to pay claims. Finally, some narratives might be built that stress multiple assumptions or lines of business. These would include recession, so a war in Eastern Europe expands into the Middle East with oil prices triggering inflation and central bank solutions ineffective. Uh, climate change follows the SSP3 7.0 narrative, increases sea levels by X inches, storm intensity by Y percent, and drought. So food insecurity becomes part of daily life for many. In addition to asset adequacy testing and own risk solvency assessment or ORSA, another source of scenarios is banking regulations. Their time horizon is quite short and they focus on testing single risk deterministic scenarios, but the narrative must be consistent. For example, how would a drop in GDP impact defaults, inflation, interest rates, or even mortality and morbidity assumptions. Where would they, where would you find liquidity? It's like your company had a heart attack. Would you survive? Becoming aware of banking scenarios and consciously deciding to pick out some pieces to manage your internal ALM and ERM needs could be useful. Moderately adverse conditions are defined in soon to be effective ASOP 22 as those that include one or more unfavorable, but not extreme, events that have a reasonable probability of occurring during the testing period. Judgment is needed, but the focus is on adding value to your company, so there's no need to do anything but test actual risk exposures. Modelers can add value through a well-thought-out set of narratives that will aid decision-making. Managing risks is just as important as creating returns. Before we move on to part two of today's podcast, we want to tell you about ARM's ERM Advisory Services. Our ERM Advisory Team, led by Max Rudolph and myself, Dave Ingram, 
are available to provide a wide range of support to your enterprise risk management program. Here are two examples of recent projects. The first was on risk appetite and tolerance. Risk appetite and tolerance statements are the key linkages between ERM and com company strategy. We worked with an insurer to provide a very practical approach to setting up and updating their risk appetite and tolerance statement using examples from other insurers. We also provide an approach to linking risk appetite and tolerance to individual risk limits. The second project was an ORSA and capital adequacy project. We worked with an insurer to develop their first ORSA and provide guidance on streamlining and leveraging existing processes that supported the ORSA. In addition, we have provided insurers, other insurers with lean capital adequacy assessment process that they can use for internal purposes and, and, and also have helped them scan for emerging risks. We are happy to discuss your situation and how we might provide you with the help that you need to move forward from our decades of experience working with insurer ERM programs. Let's start simple, Max. Can you give us a quick definition of cash flow testing? Sure, I can give you my definition. I'm sure the regulators would have a, a slightly different one. Um, you know, cash flow testing looks at both the assets and liabilities. You take your, your statutory reserves as of a point in time, and you run your assets and liabilities out until they're mostly gone. And you see if the reserves were enough to, to you know, play out all your liabilities. Um, it's really kind of as, as simple as that, but there's, there's a lot you can learn from that process. It, it gives you a, a base to do all kinds of other projects, you know, whether it's uh, you know, projection work or, or capital work or just trying to understand your, your risk exposure. Um, you know, cash flow testing, when, when I come in and look at a, and, and peer review a company, it's one of the, the documents I ask for because it, it saves me a lot of time asking you know, the people at the company about, you know, how they set their projections, uh, how they set their assumptions, how, you know, and you can even pull out some, some culture uh, things in there. You know, if their assumptions seem very aggressive, you know, that kind of comes across and, and you can see that. Um, but yeah, you know, cash flow testing, PNC companies don't do it as much as, as life companies, but it's, it's really looking at both sides of the balance sheet and looking at uh, how the, how the current block of business will, will play out if you, if you uh, don't add any new business. So it's a, it's a runoff analysis, and, and does it reflect analysis of all the risks of the company? No, it really focuses in on interest rate risk. That's, that's a good point. You know, it's the asset liability management risk, and you, even there, it's providing one tool. There's, there's certainly other tools uh, within, you know, whether it's duration and convexity or, or some of the Greeks. Um, you know, it doesn't really look at, at uh, equity risk. You know, asset adequacy testing is broader than cash flow testing. So, uh, you know, there's things covered there. Sometimes, you, you know, you have so much conservatism in your assumptions that you can, you can use uh, simpler methods. Um, but I think that the key for our discussion here is that it's, it provides a, a basis for you to do things that are interesting to the company to um, look at your risks, what your risk exposures are, where, where you think things are going, and then to do some sensitivity testing, some stress testing, things that 
will help you better understand what really matters to you. And, and I know I find a lot of times, you know, we used to run, you know, stochastic work just to get a better feel for where the, where the real risks were. And we'd run, you know, whether it was a thousand or 10,000, and then we'd look at the worst few and say, well, what caused that? And it was interesting because the, the worst one for the block of business that we were looking at was one where interest rates stayed low for a while. And so companies were, were losing because they were below, their creditor rate was below the guaranteed rate. And then there was a spike up and, and that spike caused everybody to leave. It was big enough. And, it, and it's interesting because that, that scenario is much more likely today than it has been at any time in my career. So you, you mentioned at first, this was for regulators, but uh, is there any value to this outside of checking a box for the regulator? Yeah, the regulator, yeah, the check the boxes is, is one way of looking at what the regulator is looking for. Another way would be that they're really interested in compliance and, and solvency. So they're looking at statutory management is more likely to be looking at gap at that ongoing company. And again, that the key is to you do what you have to do for the regulators but you do it in such a way so that you can leverage that work to make it useful for your other stakeholders as well. Uh, and, I, and I think that's, that's the key. So if you do this good enough or well enough, uh, you know, the, the cash flow testing or asset adequacy testing, you still need to have an ERM program? What a surprise. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you mentioned it earlier, Dave, that because uh, cash flow testing focuses in more on the, the ALM risk, the, the interest rate risk. So your ERM is going to be much more inclusive. It's going to be uh, go much more across different risks and uh, the higher order ramifications of, of those different risks and how they interact with each other. You know, for example, in the, you know, the way the regulators have designed the uh, scenarios that we use today, you know, they were designed in the early 90s today's environment is just totally different and they they really haven't been updated since then you know we have more stochastic stuff but that's that's a separate discussion uh, but for the deterministic ones you know what what scenarios would i be looking at today in today's environment i'm a lot more interested in making sure that somebody looks at well what if we have negative interest rates what if interest rates really do go down three or five percent or something like that so there's there's lots of interesting stuff in in there that you can used to to build into your enterprise risk management you can you can build scenarios that are looking at mortality morbidity defaults they're all kind of a similar type of a risk and and then build some sensitivities and stress tests into that try to figure out how these risks interact and how they're they have higher order ramifications by working working with each other how would you uh, you look at a portfolio? You, you you had those three different products there. Uh, would would that be uh, you know something you could then look at combinations of those products to see uh, how your portfolio was uh, of of business worked uh, in in different environments? Definitely, um, I think that's one of the key parts of enterprise risk management is is looking at those interactions between different risks and different different product lines and aggregating that information up to uh, a corporate area or, or some area that's, that's an aggregation unit. But what's important there is, to, is that that group provide information back down. You know, I hear a lot of times that there's, a, there's an area that 
that aggregates stuff and presents to you know senior management, but the business units never hear any guidance uh, about well here's here's what you could do that would really have a cheap capital cost because we don't have much of that risk that if if you understand that risk you should take more of it you know an example might be at a at a health company i remember look just looking at something as simple as the rbc formula if you if you're a health company and you're invested in treasury bonds you've got all this morbidity risk the c2 risk and the same would be true in a pnc company you got all this um, insurance risk but very little investment risk you could take just a little bit more investment risk, not not crazy, you know, reach for yield, do things that you don't know what you're talking about, but you could take, you know, some some additional, you know, maybe some double A credit risk, and the additional marginal cost of that would be a lot less than if you already had a lot of that risk on on the books already. So there's there's a lot of ways to look at enterprise risk management, but I think a lot of times we forget that it's not a one-way street just up that there's got to be discussion going back down and and discussion that's two-way discussion that you're not just lecturing to the business units as max describes you should challenge the way that regulators are thinking about what might be a reasonable moderately adverse condition if you want to gain an understanding of your company's vulnerabilities from your cash flow testing work. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Crossing Thin Ice, presented by Actuarial Risk Management. If you found it valuable, please like and subscribe.